Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We really pray that you will be blessed and encounter God's transforming presence as you listen to this message. Praise the field. Father, we bless you for your daughter. And we thank you that primarily before anything else, she's yours. And we ask that you would just speak with her, speak to her, and allow us the privilege of hearing the overflow. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, I'd like to start off by saying my favorite word, which I always say in our community group, privilege. So if you are in our Ignite group, you hear this word a lot, and I mean it from the depths of my heart. What a privilege it is to wait on God and to hear what God a word from him, from our daddy God in season to be able to bring to you. So what a privilege. Now, I also would like to give a very special welcome to you if you're here for the first time. I think it, it would all start to make sense as I, I go into this message, why we do what we do in this place. But if you're here for the first time, I really do hope that you got a very good welcome. God bless you as you are coming in into this building. Or if you're visiting us or if you're uh, this is the first time you've been in, in this place in Pena since we uh, since after lockdown. Then I'd like you to have a little wave and so we can give you a big whoop whoop God, welcome, you know, catch the fire welcome. Anybody here for the first time and visiting? Yay! <laughs> well, I am super, super excited because... Um, our godson Joshua is here, and I know that he he was once, you know, whilst mummy was doing the ironing at home and watching one of our CTF messages, she said to, uh, he said to mummy, mummy, the next time my god mum is speaking, I like to come to church. And so, you know, he's here today, and I'm just like so excited that he's here, Joshy. Welcome. <laughs> I know, so amazing. Well, we're going to talk about legacy and who has been enjoying this incredible series that we've been, we've been doing in the last few weeks and months. My goodness, you know, all about, you know, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, we've been talking, I've been looking at the life of Saul and David. And God has been doing incredible. You know, every time we hear a message, we have a part to play. Okay, we hear it, we say, yes, Lord, but we don't walk out of here and just go, wow, what an amazing message. We have to apply the word and, you know, we can see the change. I remember the message on, on, on jealousy. That was just like incredible. I sat there and I didn't think I had a jealous bone in my body. Boy, revelation brings transformation. If anybody hasn't heard that word, I sat there and I was just thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you know, the week before, it was as if God was already priming me. And I remember just sharing this with my husband and just thinking, God, is this jealousy or is this just a word of wisdom? And I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure. Well, let's deal with it. But you see, if you come to church and the Spirit of God is here, it's not to condemn, it's to convict because he wants to bring change. And the more change we experience, the more transformation we experience, the more freedom we can enjoy. You know, legacy, I'm talking about legacy today. And as I've been praying and as I've been seeking God about it, I, I remember my husband walking into the room and I had my hand on my heart and he said to me, um, 
you look like you're in ministry time. I said, oh, yeah. I feel like the message I'm going to be preaching has been, it's just been ministering to me in my bedroom. So I had my hand on my heart, and I was just really receiving. I was like, whoa, whoa. All right, okay, God. So be ready to receive, you know, in the next 10 minutes, because God has a word for you. Now, if you heard the word legacy, and you're just thinking, oh, legacy. Well, I'm not old enough. Uh, you know, um, oh, well, maybe I can switch off. Please, please don't switch off on me because this is a message for all of us see whether you like it or not we're all going to leave something good or bad you know scripture the bible has something to say about everything and legacy is one of them so we're looking at 2 Samuel 7 if you've got your bible turn there with me I'm just going to read one verse but before we we read that I want to give you a definition of legacy in scripture. So I'm not surprised if you heard the word legacy and then in your spirit you're thinking, but I'm not old enough. But I haven't got a house. I haven't got a car. Who am I going to leave? I mean, what am I going to leave? Here's how the, the dictionary defines legacy. Money or property that you receive from someone after they die. So it's more to do with money or property. And then also another definition is something that is a part of your history. So, for example, the Greeks have a rich legacy of literature or the war has left a legacy of hatred. Now, today, I really strongly believe God wants to show us a different kind of legacy. He wants to show us a different kind of legacy. You know, many moons ago... At the age of eight, we lived next door to uh, some really lovely Christians. And we got on so well. They were family friends, and they loved us. And they bought us, as myself and my family, the kids, sweets. And they bought us dolls and teddy bears and all the toys. But I tell you one thing that they also did was invite me to Sunday school. You can tell. Sunday school then. It's called Children's Church now. Tell how old I am now. <laughs> but I remember going in there at the age of eight. And I can clearly remember the fun that these kids were having in that room. And we were making little gingerbread men. And I remember the passage that the Sunday school teacher read. It was so impactful. But I remember thinking afterwards, she says, who wants to give their life to the Lord? And at the age of eight, I remember shooting both hands up. Now, my conversion story is nothing like Saul on his way to Damascus. Thus says the Lord, give your life to Jesus. See, my mom was not a Christian. My dad wasn't a Christian. But the neighbors were Christians. And like I said, they gave us toys. They gave us sweets. Where are they now? I've eaten them all and the toys, I don't know where they exist. But they left one thing with me, which is why I'm standing here today. You know, I grew up in the most dysfunctional family, but that's a story for another day. But I remember sitting in this Sunday school and this teacher said that and I gave my, I put both hands and then I said the prayer and and the rest is history. This is a different kind of legacy that God wants to give us today. He wants to show us. Because you see, our legacy 
is a combination of the way we live every day and the impact it has on our friends, our family, our community and the world, as well as how we prepare them to live life without us. So young or old, we are leaving a legacy whether we like it or not. So we might as well be intentional about it. Last week, Andrea was standing here and she was talking about uh, how our children, you know, we've just had a baby dedication. I, I tell you, God is on this case. Every single thing I was preparing, the passages, the messages, it's almost as if we've lived it out in the service before I stood up to preach. Even the passage, train up a child in the way they should go. It's all about legacy. It's a different kind of legacy. If you're sitting here, I want you to get excited because God is going to give you revelation and then it's going to bring transformation. You know, David, David had got to the, the age where he thought, I'm getting on a bit. And, and you know, he had won so much. Let's read um, 2 Samuel 7, just the first, um, just, just one verse, second. He says, after King after the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest and all of his enemies around from all of his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in the house of Cedar while the ark of the Lord remains in a tent. You see, the intention was good. But how many of you know that just because we have a good idea, it's not a God idea? You see, we, he, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. David was. And so God had given him victory upon victory. And he was now resting in this incredible place. And then he thought, do you know, I don't feel, pretty, I don't feel good about this. I'm living in this incredible house. And look at where, where we're meeting, just to paraphrase. In a church where in April it's so cold, man, my feet are frozen. And I'm still wearing all these layers, you know, the thermals that people put on just before they come into this place. And he's saying, let's get a state-of-the-art building. This is just my own version to paraphrase. Let's get a state-of-the-art building. Let's get one with stained windows. And by the way, whilst you're at it, why don't you, you know, engrave my name in the windows? <laughs> David built this. He invested in this. So, I mean, what pastor would say no to that? So Nathan is like, yeah, well, read the whole of 2 Samuel 7. It's amazing when you read it. We haven't got time to, to go through the whole passage, but just read it at home. So Nathan went, Oh, yeah, let's go for it. But that's why God calls us to dwell, doesn't he? Because whilst he went to bed, here's what God spoke to him. The Bible says God said to, let me. But in the night, the Lord came to Nathan saying, 2 Samuel 7, 4 to 17. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase. <laughs> but I promise you I'm not going off scripture. This is really there. <laughs> the answer was no. No building, no temple, no monument. No, David, not you. It's not going to be your project. Not now, not on your watch. Others maybe, 
Not you, David. No. I mean, you get the drift. Not you, David. He wasn't saying no building. And please hear my heart as I speak. If the Lord is just saying to you, buy us the most incredible building so we can shut the doors and have the heating. And, you know, please don't say no to that. Buildings are good. But what good is a building if God's not in it with us? Okay, so we want the building. Yes, yes, please. We do. And we're saving for it and we're believing God for it. The state of the art, the whole thing. But we want God right in it with us. He said, no, no, no. But you know when God says no, when we pray sometimes, it does hurt. He knows our heart. And so when he says no, he always has something better. He said no to David. But guess what? He said, for God made a promise to, to David. David, you would not build me a house, but I will build you a house. He says, build me no house, but let me build you into a household, a family, a different kind of legacy. See, God was working towards the day where out of the house of and the lineage of David, a rose would blossom in the wilderness. And all flesh, say with me, all flesh, will see it together. Because in Jesus Christ, the legacy became a legacy of reconciliation and redemption. Come on. You know, David's plan was just way too narrow. Let's build a tent. Let's keep him in a box. He's, he's never going to fit in a box. So he's like, I want to build you a house. Come on, who wants God to build him a house? I want that too. You know, he wants to build him a house. He says, I want to do this. You know, I want, he says, a spiritual legacy, not one of architectural one. He says, a relationship one legacy a different kind of legacy a spiritual personal family legacy that's what God is doing in us and through us because in Jesus Christ God stretched out the boundaries of his tent and began to include those that Israel had called aliens you and I were not included in that but in Jesus we were all engrafted into this you and I are here because the David, a man after God, God's own heart, had to put this project down and take on God's project, which is what God was building through him. So this is where I'm going to skip to our response. Okay. Because if we look at David's life, you know, it's incredible that when we allow God to build this incredible kind of legacy through us, it lives on. You know, Josiah, at the age of eight, he was the youngest um, king in Israel. But this, he was the 17th king as well. But that was the downline of David. If you look, like 300 years later, one, um, 2 Chronicles 34, 8 says, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Say with me, legacy. A different kind of legacy. A different kind of legacy. I hope you're catching this. 300 years later, Josiah lives on and the Bible says here. But if you compare it, just a complete contrast with Jeroboam. You know, we don't hear much about this king. But you see, for generations after Jeroboam's reign, ah, 
this is what was said about him. Disastrous. You know, the Bible says, you followed the ways of Jeroboam and caused my people Israel to sin and to arouse my anger by their sins. Because what happened to Jeroboam was he was a people pleaser. If you read um, 1 Kings 14, 10 to 11, you know, you, you hear what happened. You know, Jeroboam feared that he would lose his kingdom. His kingdom. He feared that he would lose his kingdom if he allowed the people to pretend to Jerusalem to worship. So he set up idols in Israel for the people to worship. And then generations after generations, I have been doing a little study. And as I was reading, in fact, the entire history of Israel, there is only one good king mentioned, Jehu. And even he had a, you know, a bit of a spotty CV. <laughs> and this is what happens when we don't leave the right legacy. We need to allow God to build through us. What is our response today? I've gone through a bit of a, a speed um, sermon, but I'm glad that we haven't got um, Dwayne's son in the front saying to me, slow down. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He said to Dan, slow down, you know. But I just hope you've caught the heart of the message this morning. Legacy. He wants to leave a different kind of lesson. You know, scripture says a lot. The Bible doesn't say Give a building to a, ha a child so when they grow up, they'll know how to live luxuriously. It's a strain a child in the way they should go. You see this kind of investment. It's incredible. He says, you know, and what did Jesus do in scripture? The Bible says, Jesus says, I, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Jesus was an example to us. And he left us peace. He didn't leave us buildings and uh, everything else. Please don't get me wrong. They're good stuff. And we need them. But we have to place the importance on this. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 21, 4. To this you were called because Christ also suffered to us. Leaving us an example that we should follow. See, he leaves the legacy. What did Jesus leave? What was the legacy he left? Forgiveness, salvation, kindness, sincere humility, and a perfect love. Come on. That's the kind of legacy that you and I are longing for. Well, that's the kind of legacy that I'm longing for. Because when I'm gone, I tell you what I want people to say when I'm gone. She loved, she loved, she loved, and she loved again. That's the kind of legacy. When we're going into work, this is why I said this message is for all of us, young and old. Because when we're going into schools, when we're going into, wherever we're going, everywhere we're going, every step we're making, we have to be intentional that we're leaving a legacy. You know, last week I was saying, you know, it was Mother's Day and I was just so blessed by Chloe. As she, as I just gave her the biggest hug and I just think, thank you for just being the most incredible mother in the whole wide world. And then she said to me, there's a gift for you. And she was pointing us to all the gifts that she'd gone shopping to bless us with. But I just thought, you know, I remember Misha was saying, Rita, you're having a moment. I said, yes, I am having a moment. <laughs> but I was loving on her. Why? Because today, the end of the message was preached at the beginning. Because what happened? She was waiting on the Lord on our behalf. This is a legacy she's leaving. They were dreaming. They were praying. I mean, thank you. Thank you. This is legacy. Yes, please. Thank you. You know, it's not because she hasn't picked up the phone and rung you or she hasn't bought you a shoe or a car or no, no, no. This is amazing legacy. 
because she was praying and she was working up 1.30. Goodness me, who was snoring by that time? But this is legacy. Let us stand and we're going to respond to this together. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's going to be two kinds. I think the, fe- the second part is for us corporately as a church. God has called us into something. But first of all, I want you to respond as a person. You know, individually. Just with your eyes closed. I want you to just begin to talk to God and say, God, I am so sorry for the times where I have just looked the wrong way. When I have just run after money, when I have just run after buildings, when I've just lost my focus because I'm trying to build something without you in it. Just talk to God right now. And you might be thinking, well, how do I build this kind of legacy? It's time to lay down and allow God to build through you. You know, for some of you, when I was preparing, I heard that we need to almost say sorry to God because we're almost angry with him because some of the projects that we started came to an abrupt end. You know, sometimes like parents, you've got to save your children from themselves. And that's what daddy God does. So instead of getting the hump and throwing the toys out, the prom, we've got to do what David did. When you read the book of Chronicles, it's incredible. When God said, no, 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 and no again, guess what he did? He says, I'm not going to be building this, but I'm going to prepare for my son Solomon when it comes to building. What a heart. Do you want a heart like that? This is why we come into church, so we can respond. Just talk to God right now. Just talk to him. He's here. He's here. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to read the scripture over you in Romans 20, chapter 12. And I'm going to read from the, um, the message, which is a bit of a paraphrase. Where we place our lives before God. So with your hands just wide open, just in that posture of surrender. says this so here's what I want you to do this is scripture God helping you because we can't do it in our own strength only through Christ who strengthens us he says take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping eating going to work and walking around life. He says, and place it before God as an offering. Would you do that right now? In your mind side, just say, Lord, I lay it all at the foot of the cross. Just give it to him. Give it to him. Talk to him right now. He says, place it all at the foot of the cross. And here's why you do that. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Come on, church. Yes, Lord. 
don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you can fit into it even without thinking. Now here's the next thing. Instead, fix your attention on him. You will be changed from the inside out. And that's our prayer, Lord. That's our prayer. Just look into his eyes and ask him, just make this your prayer this morning. So that's our personal response. And now corporately as a church, I believe the Lord is calling us to refocus. You know, the introduction from the beginning of the service right through till now, when Stu picked up the microphone and he said, we're going to worship then we're going to worship again and it says when we've worshipped we will worship some more because you see that's the mandate and last week Stuart was talking about how Bishop Garlington was saying you guys know to just circle around he says that's the calling because we can't do anything else apart from what God is calling us to do and he's calling us isn't it amazing to know that what God is calling and it's wanting to do through us as a church is to create a community where the tired can find rest, where the broken can find healing, where the confused can find direction, and when the lost can find their way. Yes. To know that as we give, as we work, and as we pray, come on, this afternoon, we're going to be praying. And as we worship, and as we worship and worship some more, and as we dwell, as we'll be doing tomorrow night, our God is forming in us a redemptive household. He's forming a redemptive people who will make a difference and who will fulfill Ephesians 2. Come on, this is not a building made of hands. Ephesians 2 says, In Christ the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place of God. Come on, church. This is the mandate. And in the next five minutes, I know this is going to be a rush thing. But if you want this, I want you with your hands up because I'm going to release Stu, Claude, Dan. We're going to do this like really quickly because I really sense it. Just go around and if your hand is up, it means you want it. So they're just going to lay hands on you. This is what I call impartation. You know, when God calls us, he calls us together. He's building together. Please begin to, yeah, because we haven't got much time, but just go for it. If your hand is up, you want it. And they're going to just lay hands quickly on you. You know, sometimes you come to church and you think, after five minutes, you're thinking, I'm bored. I want to move on to the next thing. What's the announcement? What's the sermon? Who's preaching? Let's move on. No, 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 no. If you want what God is releasing to this household, then let's do this together. We're family. Just quickly as they just impart, 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 receive, 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 receive. Daddy, we want all of it. Father, we want to stay in tune. Father, build a 
house through us. Father, take away the projects that we have that are such a good idea. We want to hear you. Father, help us to discern the God ideas from the good ideas. Just pray, pray, pray whilst you wait. Pray, pray, pray. Cry out to God. Lord, we're sorry for times when we haven't done what you're calling us to do because we're so fixed on our own projects. Father, we want a heart like David that when you say no, we go, yes, Lord, thank you very much. We're going to do what you do. We want to walk in obedience. So forgive us, Lord. We lay it all down. We lay it all down. For some of you, your disappointments has been because you had a project and it wasn't fulfilled. But perhaps you can say, thank you, God, for that. I give it to you. That's a sacrifice. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There is a shifting in this place. And you know, as you lay it down, I believe that God is helping you. He's going to show you what you're meant to pick up. For some of you, this is going to be such a defining moment. As you lay down your plans, as you lay them at the foot of the cross, He's going to teach you. He's going to say to you, watch out. That's the one to pick up. You know, he said to David, not you. Solomon is going to build the temple. Just engage with him right now. Engage with him. He's doing something. Press him for more. Father, I want to be able to dwell in your presence, not just on a Sunday, but in my home, in my room, in my accommodation, wherever I am. What do you yearn? What do you yearn? Talk to him. Talk to him. Don't get bored. Press in, press in, press in for more of him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.